everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing again from our friend Sue, who spoke about looking at her family history. Please enjoy. Hey, I'm Sue. Hi. Sue. I'm so glad to be here. I haven't been here in like a month. And, um, so Anne asked me to speak this afternoon, so this being a tools-based meeting, I spent quite a, bit of, quite a bit of the afternoon thinking about like, what tools am I using now based on what's going on in my life now. Not just like a generalized thing, but what, what I'm actually and kind of drawn to, what's been brought to my attention, what I've been thinking about. And so um, I know traditionally people read out of the big red book here. But um, what came to me was something that I experienced when I was doing the yellow step book. So I had a terrible week last week, and it started in the beginning of the week with an interaction with my sister. So both of my parents are dead. I have two sisters. One of them has the same parents, and one of them has just the same father. And the one that I was raised with, um, she's alcoholic. She's been relapsing for, I think I counted it today, I think it was like 18 years. So she's been in and out of recovery for 18 years. That shit crazy. And I am completely 1,000% trauma bonded with her. So it was my sister, my mother, my alcoholic mother and myself in this kind of outsider community in which we created this triangle of alcoholic and drug-addicted insanity. And it was this fake safe space in which we had these connections and in which all the secrets were in this little box, this little triangular box. So as I got sober pretty young, thank God. So, um, and a few years later, this sister came in and she was sober for quite a number of years. I think she was sober for 10 years and then she's been relapsing all this time since. So, um, so for a while, we had this common vocabulary of recovery, and she and I could talk about what happened to, our, to us growing up um, with our alcoholic mother. And um, so it was like another fake bond, because that, that wasn't real either. So I, I had a conversation with her and my other sister on the phone on Tuesday, and um, I had this really clear, visceral vision of like this really sick sister being like a two foot big octopus head that just was like slapped onto me and then one of the tentacles went down my throat. And, and I kept thinking she's like ripping my guts and my heart out, but really what she wants is like my soul. She's ripping my soul out. I have this... And, and that's what my family feels like. It feels viscous and sticky and like a thick, 
gloppy, glue-like substance that um, when I touch it, I feel like I can't get it off of me. Like I'm just... So, so one thing that doing the work in this program has done is made me, has given me um, this tremendous compassion for myself, for my sister and her disease, and for my mom and, and, and her disease. And one thing that I've learned is that I can be really compassionate and really angry at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that those were mutually exclusive. Like sometimes you hear people say in the rooms, well, you can't have fear and you can't have faith which is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. I have a tremendous amount of faith and I also can be extremely afraid at times. Uh -huh. I mean, it's just, I don't know why anybody would think you can't have both of them. It just totally makes sense that you could. Um, so um, I started thinking about what it was that started to breed that compassion or that understanding. And um, one, of the, one of the things in ACA that's given me almost more freedom than anything, and that's why I brought my my, my, my visual, my, my um, what is that called, show and tell? Mm -hmm. So on page 36 in the yellow book, there's um, a family history diagram. And what's interesting is when I picture it in my mind's eye, I picture it like the trees on the front, like the family tree. But it was the first, like I knew that there was a lot of crazy in the family and I knew there was a lot of alcoholism and that there was um, vagrancy and, um, you know, uh, not well you know, immigration that didn't work out and a lot of disease and sickness. But it wasn't until I went to page 36 in this book and I wrote down what my family looked like. And it's so interesting how one side, the alcoholic side, is just like, you know, filled with real problems. And then the other side is just kind of like they were there, you know, and they were living their lives. And they separated really early on, and I'm assuming it's because they could smell the crazy. It's like, what have, what have we gotten ourselves into? So when I, when I, when I like feel like I'm driving, like flying up in my spiritual drone and I'm looking down at myself and my recovery, and when I see this down there, it makes me understand that all of the things I haven't been able to function well at, all of the things that I felt had was lacking in confidence, all of the things that made me feel insecure or less than, all of the things that made me act out in ways that did not serve me or anyone around me are a result of this. And so for the first 20, many, 20, late 20 years of my recovery, I was focused on where I was resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid. And so it was always me. I was like, what was I doing wrong? And how did I say it wrong? And why I gotta make amends? And I'm an asshole. And why did I keep doing this? And then all of a sudden I looked at this diagram and I was like, oh, like that's not who I am. That's symptoms of this. And it was like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like I could, um, get off that gas pedal of self-hatred. You know, just like ease up a little bit on that pedal. Like it didn't have to be quite so. You're doing everything wrong. You're doing everything the only way that it could have come out based on where this whole thing started. So, so when I had this horrible situation with my sister last week, on Tuesday she got on the phone and instantaneously I turned into like a psychotic monster and I started screaming and I could feel I was probably spitting and my eyeballs were bulging out of my head and my, 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 the, the, the veins in my temple was pulsing and you know, I was like clenched and you know, I, I ended the conversation with fuck you and hang up the phone. You know, 
And I don't know, like I came back to myself and I said, yeah, that wasn't so great. But you're just starting to unknot this, like this whole generation's long macrame or, or quilt or, you know, weaving. Um, it's like I'm the first generation that's starting to unravel this. I'm the first one in my family to get sober. A lot of dying from alcoholism and drug addiction. And, you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, I mean, it's, my mother's side of alcoholism is they've probably been drinking for 200 years. And so, I don't know. It just, like, started to melt the iceberg that was in my heart and started to make me feel like I was going to somehow let myself off the hook and as a result of that, be able to live more comfortably in my own skin, enjoy life more, disengage from the self-hatred or the self, it wasn't, self-hatred as it says in the book, but a lot of um, self-judgment, a lot of um, that thought loop of not, not speaking kindly to myself. And um, because I've looked at this, I don't know why, it's just, it's like it's ratcheted down a lot. So, um, so I've, I've realized that, that my sister that I had this interaction with is um, not emotionally safe for me. And I'm not gonna make amends to her. Contrary to that idea that I'm selfish, dishonest, and afraid, I'm not doing it. And I also realized that based on my behavior on Tuesday, I'm probably not that safe for her either. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she doesn't really need to be, to deal with my crazy. And it's there, you know. And um, every time she talks, um, I get triggered. It's kind of like my mother would call me, and there would be that half second before she, you know, opened her mouth and said anything. And, like, that was, I knew whether she was drunk or not. You know, that hypervigilance of, like, knowing what was coming. And... Um, like, I, I want to put that down. Like, I don't, I don't want to have that kind of interaction with her. So, um, so I guess the tool that I'm talking about is the self-awareness that comes from being in a safe place like ACA and looking at, historically, where I came from and what happened. Um, and not only having that information in my head, before I came here, I knew what happened in my family. It's more than knowing. It's kind of like having the ability to um, to take to take that into my life with me. To know that um, I, I haven't always been. I don't always have the best instincts. But that um, but that if I stop for a second and I check in with myself, I mean, just even the concept that I have an inner child is just unbelievable to me. The idea, as was spoken in the solution, is that. Um, that we can, you know, successfully and safely and lovingly reparent ourselves is just monumentally unbelievable to me. And so the, the, um, the template that I was born into is something that I can, um, you know, I own this. I own this. It's in my DNA. It's, it's, in my, it's in my neurology. It's who I am. It's where I come from. But like with that information, I know that I can move forward into the future just doing things a little bit differently. Um, so I guess the tool is 
what I'd like to do, if I, was to, if I was to take this program and be able to work it in a way that would make most sense to me, I would like to get to a place of self-love through the acts of self-acceptance and self-care. And so coming here and reading this book and filling this book out, I have no idea what's in here. I did it about a year and a half ago. I have no idea. My fourth step, I, you know, I dissociated through the whole thing. But I keep coming back to the knowledge that, um, that I don't have to blame myself, that I can have some self, just be gentle, be gentle around the whole thing. And um, I know I'm probably not done, but I feel like I'm done. Yeah, Three minutes, if okay, you please. Good. So then I think I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>